Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm. Liferadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show, and uh, boy, you Mark, I, I don't know if you've noticed the forecast for the uh, couple of days Uh-oh. in the southeast. We have moderate temps, man. Like, what, today, the high in, in like, the southeastern part of the United States, high today, might not get out of the 70s. Wow. And we're talking July 19th, man. Wow. I mean, yeah. Okay. So, I'm pulling up the weather page here. Yep, just throwing <laughs> it out there, and maybe I looked at, wait a minute, was I sleeping? Was that real? I, holy cow. Okay. Well, may, yeah, like today, a high today, um, 79, okay? Wow. Uh, it, generally speaking, and it could, so it could be in the low 80s. But look, we're talking July 19th in Alabama, yeah, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Usually, July 19th in Alabama means go outside at 5 in the morning and it's 90 degrees. You don't even, just take a bar of soap with you as you Holy walk down. Holy you know, Yeah. I'm just so looking. We, it's, it's 71 now, yeah. and the high today is 79 with rain. Right. There you go. I, wow. Yeah. And the next couple of days, very moderate temps. Yeah, yeah. Just a weird time that's all i do you and it was i can't remember exactly what year it was but we had a time uh back around 2007 i think mm-hmm. where we had like 60 days of 100 degree temperatures or something <laughs> like yeah. that and yeah. that was crazy i mean just but that was that was global warming now mm-hmm. i don't know what this it's is the I'm end guessing, of the world as yeah. we know it yeah so <laughs> there you go climate change wait a minute here's how you tell the truth you know what? Right out of the box here, here's how you tell the difference between the truth and a lie. Mm-hmm. The truth mm-hmm. never changes because it's the truth. It's just here it is. This yep. is the truth. Yep. A lie has to change to fit current circumstances or yeah. new facts. Mm-hmm. So there you go. <laughs> All right. It <laughs> Thank is you. the Mark and Mag Show. You can listen to us 24 7, 365. We love it. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for the uh, kind comments and what have yeah. you. Uh, Liferadio.fm. Check it out. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and it almost was just the uh and mac show today oh, it no. was <laughs> you know facebook is a funny little friend to have you know oh gosh so i get this text message from congleton right mark sends us things and it's just mowing the yard you know doing one of those things mm-hmm. and you proceeded to tell me how you you and the mower, you know, you've had a you've had a long relationship, but it might be time to break up. I'm not sure. Sometimes, you know, a relationship can become abusive over the long haul. And I think that's what has happened with you two. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny. Here's the thing is, though, Mike Eccles, he goes, hey, did Mark tell you this like yesterday? Did mm. Mark tell you about his mower thing? Mm. And I wrote him back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I said when it, I. I didn't tell anybody when I did that. You yeah. know, like, but, well, actually, goes, I sent you. Mark in- said, Mike sends it back. He goes, dude, he put it on Facebook. I'm like, oh, and he goes, and his mom saw it. Oh, man. So there you go. It's one of those things that happens to other people. You know, Richard, what you do? That's right. And it's one of those things that happens to other people. It's never happened to me. And um, so what what happened was I, I managed to flip the lawnmower over on top of myself yeah. and it's not a small lawnmower. It's a pretty good sized John Deere. <laughs> and, and, so uh, you and Jane have a fight and you were headed to the liquor store on your mower. No, Is that what no, no, no. She didn't take my keys away from me. Ah. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I, um, um, 
I was mowing a strip by the driveway that I've mowed before, but not with this mower. Uh-huh. And this mower operates differently than the one that I had before. And uh, it's just, it's, it's one that doesn't have grass. And I really, in hindsight, should have just cranked up the weed eater. You know, but uh-huh. I thought ah, I'm on the mower. I'll just run up this <laughs> side of the, the, you know, and knock all these weeds down. This is how come dudes, yeah. when they're single and mm. moving out of their parents' house, they they I don't understand why a frozen pizza doesn't take three minutes to cook when you put it on broil. You know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> this is why women live longer than men. <laughs> like, dude, put the mower up, get the weed eater out, and you're done. And Man. you know, I know, yeah. But uh, I'm thinking, well, I'm sitting on a new. I'm headed up the driveway anyway. Why don't I just take a left here and go up this side of the driveway. And the thing is that, uh, the, uh, the, the brake clutch situation on this mower is really different than the old mower. And it started, it, it, it started slipping. And then I hit the, I pushed the brake in, it started rolling backwards and I let the brake out and it engaged the, it engaged the engine again. And the next thing I know, I'm laying on the driveway with a mower on top of me. You you popped a wheelie and (laughs) it just kept going. I popped a wheelie and it just kept going. And uh, it's because it was facing running uphill a little bit at the time. And, and I smacked my, my dome into the, uh, into the (laughs) ass, into the concrete, just wham. And when that happens, everything kind of goes into this slow-mo dream sequence sort of thing. (laughs) Like a cartoon guy that gets hit with the anvil. You know, (laughs) it just, and all I'm thinking is that's, isn't that the hood of the mower coming towards my face? You know, (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, um, I ended up, I ended up on the, on my side with a mower on its side to one side of me. And the only thing I can think of is that, is that, uh, since my feet were planted on the, the running boards on the floorboard on either side, I pushed it off of me as it was coming over. That's the only thing I can think of. So you but, survived. Yeah. And, I survived, uh, yeah. the ghost of evil couldn't evil and slept with you last night. So. <laughs> That's right. Pretty yeah. interesting. I got up, put the hood. Cause you the, hood, the mower up. Yeah. The hood came off the mower, but that mm-hmm. was it. Uh, so I, I turned it back over again, I, uh, put the hood back on it, started it up. And that was my, okay, here's the, here's yeah. what I'm thinking. This is in my brain. All right. I've already had the jump start to thing because the battery was dead. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, great. It's not going to start again. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> wow. I'm not thinking I almost just died. I'm thinking, oh, great. This thing's not mm. going to start again. <laughs> but, but I put the hood back on it, got on it, cranked it back up and then mowed the grass, <laughs> finished wow. the yard. So. So then you post it on Facebook and mommy sees it. So what'd she say? <laughs> she, 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 mom says, she, she actually just in the comments said, call your mother. And I, <laughs> and so Meanwhile, I did. <laughs> Jane's getting all these messages. Is Mark okay? Goes, I'm not even home. What are you talking about? What I, happened, I got a text message. What happened? <laughs> I got one from her. What happened? And I wow. had to explain it to her. I, had to tell I her leave the you story. alone for the weekend. And this is what happens. This is why we can't have nice things. liferadio.fm it is the Mark and Max show and great to have you with us today we do appreciate it we know you've got choices and uh, we just appreciate it and by the way a little bit we were talking about the weather forecast for our area mm. of the country and we tell y'all we, we're in Alabama which yeah. is the southeastern portion of the United States if you're listening in London or wherever but uh, just as a heads up our weather forecast normally from about I don't know, the middle of June until about the first week of August is highs in the low to mid 90s. Yeah. 80% chance of rain in the afternoon. A slight thunderstorm is always possible. You know, overnight lows, 68 to 72. That's pretty much the forecast for about three months or so. Yeah. And so when we have it like where we're talking about temperatures 
in the really oh, around the 80-ish mark. That's, mm-hmm. you know, 15 degrees lower than what we're used to this time of year. It's great so, is what it yeah. is. <laughs> but I stepped out, dude. I don't know if it was yesterday, the day before I stepped out, and it had that brief moment of feeling like fall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, now. Every year I battle the pool. You know, you have these swimming pool battles and you finally get it where it's all squared away and you're like, all right, it's warm enough to get in. You know, the t- everything's f- and now you're going to turn on me. You're turning now because what gets you, it's the overnight temperatures that drop the pool temp, you know? Right, yeah. So you're hosing me this early. Come on. Anyhow, um, Mark, you and I yep. have talked about a number of issues over the last uh, couple of weeks in particular, and I saw this in the stuff. We'll get into it later on. But why are cats afraid of com- cucumbers? Yes. I'm excited about getting into that. Yep. But first things first, <laughs> there is the list of wedding rules. Oh, God. And we have seen so many crazy wedding related stories that have gone viral. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of glad. Mm-hmm. You know, a yeah. lot of the things that, you know, get that zeitgeist of the moment and just boom, explode. Yep. I'm looking at them going, really? Mm-hmm. But these wedding things, for whatever reason, yeah. they hooked me. I'm like hook, line and sinker. I see it. I'm there. I want to yep. see just how crazy people can be about their wedding. It got to the point where I decided that was the topic of the newsletter Friday. You know, we send, we, we send yeah. out we send out the weekly newsletter from the station and uh, and Friday it was like okay let's talk let's talk bridezillas yeah <laughs> but now there's this list of, list of wedding rules that's been shared on behalf of a bride and groom it's gone viral of course and mm-hmm. the rules include things like don't talk to the bride. And, and they explain that each gift must cost at, at least like 75 bucks, right? And the big days approaching, the wedding planner sent out this email to everybody who's on the guest list to confirm the headcount. And while they were at it, they decided, you know, let's lay out the ground rules for the wedding itself. Wow. And here's how it reads. It says, good morning. I'm reaching out to all confirmed guests to do a final headcount and go over some rules and regulations on the wedding day. First of all, you're still attending with a plus one. Okay. Rules and regulations. One, please, 15 to 30 minutes, arrive 15 to 30 minutes early. Two, please do not wear white, cream, or ivory. Three, please do not wear anything other than a basic bob or ponytail. What? Ladies, yes. Oh, okay. I was thinking, well, what do I have to do? Get a wig? Okay. I mean, I'll do it, but, you know, I don't look good in a bob. In a ponytail, ponytail, I can't do that in the 80s with my leather pants and my new earrings. Four. I don't know what to do, Mark. Four. Please do not have a full face of makeup. I can't go out without being made up. What are you talking about? Five. Do not record this during the ceremony. Six. Do not check in on Facebook until instructed. Oh, my. Yeah. Seven, use the following hashtag when posting all pictures, and they provide the hashtag. Eight, do not talk to the bride at all. At all. Not at all. Not at all. Nine, everyone will toast with Remy. Now, I don't know who Remy is, but, yeah, but everyone will toast with Remy. Mm -hmm. So that little rat's going to be there making a toast. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, ten, lastly, you must come with a gift of $75 or more, or you won't be admitted in. Wow. I am telling you that uh, I didn't want to go to start with, but this one just put it over the top. No. <laughs> this has become very common of people mm-hmm. being that. And I have to, I don't want to blame everything on social media, Mark, mm. but 
when all else fails, you know, that's where that's your go-to response. But yeah. this is just crazy. It you is. know, do you guys realize that most men don't want to go to weddings? For, I mean, they don't, they barely want to show up for their own. Yeah. Now you want to give up. You're giving them here. <laughs> let me give you the reasons that you have now to not attend this wedding. Thank yeah. you. I'm with, I'm, even if we ain't going, even if it's one of your best buddies, like, yeah. do I have to be there? <laughs> $75. Really? <laughs> uh-huh if you okay. need me i will be at waffle house yes i no you know what i'm going someplace where i can eat a 75 dollars steak <laughs> and i'm not even gonna i'm taking it home to the dog Woo! You know? life radio.fm the Mark and Mag Show, singing a song, cruising along. I said it wrong, didn't I? I didn't. I didn't add in big ye old or anything else. No, you so did no. Well, I just did. So now okay. I've caught up. Fine. Okay. <laughs> so it is ye old Mark and Mag Show, Ooh, twice. cruising along, singing a song, <laughs> hanging in. Try. Let's see. How you doing today, Dave? Hanging in like hair in a biscuit. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can you try something else? Give us something new. You remember talking about that with uh, Mark Hall and Casting Crowns mm, back in the day? Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> the studio we were in was near this uh, Mickey D's, and we got hungry, man. It's like yeah. you know, it wasn't every day. I mean, there was there was a time where Mark would bring in pork chop biscuits on the way oh, in. My gosh, oh, yeah, that was and awesome. then they took those off the menu, and, gained, and that's when we gained I remember, so much weight. I remember we called. <laughs> I remember calling that witch doctor in Cuba, saying, "Dude, get this." People. They took it off their menu. Come on, <laughs> but I'm playing. But anyway, I mean, like we would call a witch doctor. We know no. that. we used to pass. I used to pass by this place on the way into work every morning, and the drive-through was open. And you got to remember, this was early yeah. in the morning, oh, right? Yeah. Early, the drive-through was open. They had on the sign. Pork chop biscuits. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, the car just turned on its own yeah. every day. <laughs> I couldn't Man. stop it. It went in. <laughs> and then one day they stopped. Yeah. It was like, wow. And then anyway. we, started, we started shaking and yep. going through withdrawals. It was bad. Sitting in a meeting. My name's Dave. <laughs> but then, so we ended up, you know, after that, it was like, well, we'll just go back to our normal, eat our food, leftovers mm-hmm. from dinner or whatever. But mm-hmm. then every now and again, you get that hungry and say, hey, do you want some, like, hot breakfast from mickey d's or whatever and Ooh. you know we had you know playing songs you got a couple of minutes in between them yeah, like yeah. okay i'll run you hang in here just you know right. and you come back and it's like there's a hair in my food oh, I know. you know I, you don't have time to check it out before you leave i mean you're mm-hmm. in the drive-thru you're in a hurry it's like come on man yep and you get back and you're open and it ain't mine because it ain't white yeah. it isn't marked because yep. it's way too long yep and it's like so if you already eliminate the <laughs> two possibilities, nasty. it a- is, it's horrible. But I mean, really and truly, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hungry. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. really take up that much space. And <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it just, how bad uh, can it be? I mean, <laughs> right. Exactly. How bad can spiders crawl in your mouth while you sleep? Yeah, I mean, how bad can what this, say. what they say, there's like 16 spiders in every Hershey bar. Yeah, so right, how yeah. bad is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, do you, I don't know, but you remember Kalachi's? Oh gosh, yes! Oh wow, oh, man! I remember Matthew West singing a song about yes, Kalachis. He did. Yep. <laughs> Joni loves man. Chachi, and I love yep. Kalachis. <laughs> wow. Okay, we're gonna have to pull that out of the vault. <laughs> Meanwhile, you want to talk about a vault? Mm-hmm. I think there is a mayor's race taking place, Mark, in Michigan. Yep. And I know a lot of the news that comes out of Michigan and uh, is not good because some of the major cities there mm-hmm. uh, that were just going gangbusters up until, uh, and I'm. We're not playing politics here, Mm -hmm. but the reality is 
a lot of cities were doing great until liberals took over Mm -hmm. and they played the liberals got control of these huge metropolitan areas that were financially well off and doing great things got control by playing um the culture war you know of the baiting one another and getting people like you know he's rich you should have what he has kind of thinking and now 50 years of uh, liberal leadership these cities are all bankrupt and empty and Mm, they determine which streets do we keep the lights on you know they have whole neighborhoods where you can buy a house for a buck but nobody's buying because well nobody wants to live there so when i see a mayor's race in a michigan town any nothing surprises me this could be the this could be the wave of the future in michigan might be well mayor sweet tart mckee the incumbent currently running for re-election hold on yeah mark that can't be a real name. Sweet Tart McKee. Could be a nickname. I don't know. I could be. We'll find out. The incumbent currently running for re-election in Omena, Michigan, isn't concerned about her competition this year. But then again, Sweet Tart's a cat, so she's not concerned <laughs> about much of anything. For more than a decade in the you northern Michigan me. hamlet of Omena, a small unincorporated community that does not have its own government, has held ceremonial elections for non-human mayors. The tongue-in-cheek triennial elections are fundraisers for the omina historical society with each dollar contributed to the organization equaling a vote while i think mark this is the most brilliant thing <laughs> i've ever heard and i recommend detroit follow suit <laughs> well, it couldn't it couldn't get worse while all the critter candidates are from the community anyone in the world can cast a ballot in person or online from uh, now through July 23rd. Ellen Shapiro, the Historical Society's president, said these lighthearted elections were modeled after a similar practice in Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, where a French bulldog named Wilbur is currently serving as the tiny town's Mm -hmm. mayor. (laughs) She says, people were just looking for something fun in politics. Fun in politics is definitely hard to find. In 2018, when Sweet Tart became Omina's first feline mayor, the previous three mayors were dogs. The election made national and international headlines, even getting a mention from Anderson Cooper on CNN. In the three years since her inauguration, Sweet Tart hasn't exactly embraced being in the public spotlight. She's never thrilled to be out with her constituents, Shapiro says, but she has fulfilled some mayoral duties, even becoming the first cat ever to appear in nearby Northport's beloved annual dog parade. <laughs> Sweet Tart is a bit behind in the polling data, though. As of Sunday, July 11th, it showed the election's current frontrunner to be a curly-haired pup named Oswald. Other candidates this year include a chicken named Penny and a goat named Sandra O'Day, who happens to be uh. the progeny of Omina's sitting press secretary. Voters are encouraged to vote early and often with a dollar donation for each vote in person at the Omina Historical Society and a $5 donation for voting online. That, uh, that larger amount helps offset some PayPal fees. Voting will also be available at the Northport Farmers Market, um, <clears throat> let's see, through wow. the 23rd. All right, but Omina yeah. is right on Lake Michigan. This is like a beautiful place to live. Yeah. I'm thinking seriously that these people... They actually have encouraged me to take a better, a second look at Michigan now, Mark. Yeah. I'm serious. <laughs> Any community that can get together and have that, that kind of sense of humor about I itself. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, me too. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show, and it is a, it's a pleasure having you with us today. I know we're still kind of in the uh, summer mode, although in the next week or two, It'll be focused on back to school time, you know? Wow. Yeah. We just had uh, in Alabama 
uh, a lot of our counties have the uh, ba- tax-free, you know, back-to-school weekend. Yeah. And just had that. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> I'm not ready for back-to-school. I like, you know, summer is just... I, I like the fall weather, but mm. I don't like back to school for some reason. I don't know if it's a something deep inside that huh. just bothers, or it's maybe that I I like having Braylon just to hang out and play with all day. Oh, I need yeah. a play partner, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, but when he goes to school, what will I do? You know? <laughs> Whatever like, will you do? Yeah. I mean, my show's done by noon. I mean, I get <laughs> noon till what time does he get? I used to laugh my father in law back in the day when Haley was uh, uh, in elementary school. He would, I mean, like if school got out at say two forty five. He would be over there at one fifteen, lined up, Holy and th- he wasn't always, and he wasn't first. And I used to wonder about that. Like he didn't have anything else to do all day. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, he had alarms around the house, okay, just in case he no- dozed off right during the day. And I mean, we're not talking two, we're talking five, okay, alarms in every place of the house to just in case, so he knew it was time to go pick up Haley at school. Wow. And in reality, he had time to walk to school to pick her up you know and it's like so i never understood it but you know that's why i always say plan your retirement carefully friend or yeah. that's what happens you end up what time does she get out 245 well, i better leave it's 115 <laughs> it's not like you're having to battle traffic at lax here you know it's like sitting in line reading a book yeah. and like i said when i found out he wasn't first you know that there were other people there it's like really how i mean do you just drop the kids off and then park and wait how I competitive mean, is this i mean yes i'm competitive but that ain't one of them you know it's like oh my goodness but, if i don't leave now i'm, I'm gonna be 10th in line yes but see now i get it kind of but mm-hmm. that's you know i'm still it, it's just it's just funny you know you get used to having a little routine and when that routine gets blown up it's like well wait a minute mm. and not like I'm thinking seriously about doing anything about it. I'm just yeah. thinking, you know, maybe I could spend a little extra nap time, you know. I <laughs> no. mean, I'm kidding. I actually am thinking about food. You know how it is. I, <laughs> we yes, get I done. Do. <laughs> By 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm planning lunch and dinner. It's dinner time, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get through with production stuff, and, I, and I'm like, okay, how long till lunch? I mean, it's, yeah. it's literally what the, my first thought. Oh, great. What am I going to do between now and then? Anybody calls and say, are you free this afternoon? No, I'm planning. You know, I'm, no. <laughs> what are you doing after lunch? Doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. Doesn't make. I'm busy. You know, I'm tied up. Nope. Just <laughs> got to get the Hot Wheels track clean. You know, I mean, <laughs> Raylan's coming home. <laughs> liferadio.fm the market max show and you know on liferadio.fm you can do the daily bible study and a whole lot more and i just encourage you to go and check it out also of course download the app if you haven't done that and uh, we appreciate if you would share that on your social media and we're not asking you to do it every hour every minute just once a day would mm-hmm. be fine you know and just hey, listening to the market max show liferadio.fm that's all you got to do yeah all right now mark Whenever I see a story about New Zealand, and we've talked about this before, I remember 9-11, I'm not 9-11, uh, Y2K, yes. sorry. Yeah. And in that moment of Y2K, at the end, you know, December 31st, 1999, we're on the air here in the States, and radio and TV people that were watching, what's going to happen? Because Auckland, New Zealand was the first 
big city that was going to change over from 1999 to 2000. And because there were so many people in the media that had told us that, uh, well, the world was going to end, you know, (laughs) the electronic world was going to come crashing down. Power would go off. And we had prepared for it in the years leading up to it. Uh, There was a lot done. I mean, and if they hadn't done that work, Mark, I think it would have been bad. Mm. But possibly so. The radio stations and things, we all had patches we had to install. And and so anyway, there were a few little problems here and there. But for the most part, we were fine. But how how we watched those because it was like five o'clock, six o'clock our time, mm-hmm. but they were, they were ahead of us by 18 hours or whatever. <laughs> and so we're watching. I remember it's that like, day. <laughs> and you're, I mean, the, it was like the only time. And so I'd never even thought of New Zealand other than my JFK conspiracy stuff, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so watching it and watching it and watching, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Ah, Oh, uh-huh. that was nothing. <laughs> nothing you know, happened. And, I remember uh, the first break yep. after that, I came back and said, Hey, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nothing so happened. anyway, that's what I think of when I hear I was, when New Zealand pops up in the news. That's what I remember. So yeah. decrepit New Zealand home with no toilet actually sold. <laughs> now, yeah, I mean, the a home North- with no toilet, man, mm-hmm. that's Mark. Uh-huh. There's something wrong with that. Yeah, The real estate market there is really, really hot right now. Properties yeah. can sell for millions, even if they don't have a full bathroom. And that was the case at 39 uh, Ariki Street in the Tony suburban neighborhood of Gray Lynn. The 1920s era bungalows listing is straightforward about its short fails, uh, shortfalls, <laughs> it, while also acknowledging that thanks to its enviable location, it's likely the best bargain area buyers are going to get. It says lacking a bathroom and in need of urgent renovation, make no mistake, 39 Ariki Street is the most affordable character entry to home ownership available in Gray Lynn. That's about Gray Lynn is like a suburb of Auckland, yeah. New Zealand. Just right. giving you the heads up there. Yeah. On Thursday, this three bedroom, no bathroom property sold at auction for two point zero seven five million dollars. Wow. The bidding wow. opened. It opened at one point seven million. What? Yeah. I'm looking at that property right now, Mark. Yeah. Which is so cool in this day and age. (laughs) Yeah. You know, know. we go to a place and I've got mm -hmm. a street view. It's like I'm standing at the end of the driveway looking at this house. Yeah. Doesn't look like a place that wouldn't have a toilet. (laughs) Well, I mean, for real, I expected, uh, you know, 10 thing on top or I didn't expect it to be like a house house. I mean, were these people like the South Carolina gypsy travelers that didn't believe in having a toilet inside? Is that what we're dealing with here? It might have been built at a time when the toilet was outside. Uh, you know, know. I, yeah, I remember yeah. when I was a kid at my grandmother's farmhouse down in South Alabama, the bathroom was that little building across the backyard. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. How funny. Uh-huh. Well, I bet that was bad during the winter. <laughs> it was. And the shower was there, too. <laughs> so if you were going to take <laughs> wow. a shower, you had to go out. You had to go. It was attached to the side of that building with a wall, and a privacy you, wall. If, you, so, if yeah. you wanted warm water, you had to wait till dad got up. No, you had to wait till summer. <laughs> <laughs> so two million dollars for this yeah. place in uh oh, yeah. wow wow okay. yeah and that's despite it openly requiring urgent attention um, oh yeah the let's see here uh let's, let's just skip down to the listing about what it says it says at least uh, it, it was very straightforward about the drawbacks right they they, mm-hmm. they were honest sure. in the listing 
And at it, it least the uh, it fell into disrepair on its own over time and not at the hand of, you know, some idiot construction crew or inept designer. Nobody went in and vandalized the place. They say there's yeah. no need to spend money fixing somebody else's mistakes or undoing their questionable taste. Uh, it, the place provides you with a blank canvas to do it once and do it right. Do it your way. Hey. Um, you know, so, so this is where we got Burger King from. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Pretty hip to that. I, so are Chip and Joanna going to show up here and ah. <laughs> fix this place up? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Mac show just... Mark and I both kind of got hung up on this house in, outside of Auckland, New Zealand yeah. for two million bucks. Yeah. And Mark goes... You know, with that bay window, it doesn't look like a place that wouldn't have a toilet. You know? it's like, but you know what, Mark? Yeah. The Brady Bunch house didn't have a toilet either. And they had six kids. So two, they had they, six kids. Well, they they had mom and dad and right. Alice. They had a Jack and Jill bathroom, but there was no toilet. No. There was no nope. bathtub when you think That's about it. it. Well, I didn't think about that. But yeah. now that I am, I'm going to be hung up on that one. Boy, that would have been kind of cur- Anyhow, I'm just thinking, there you have it. Um <laughs> as long as we're at prices, yeah. you and I were talking about something uh, off the air a bit ago about vacation and mm, you know, planning yeah. to do some different trips and, and eating out and things. And, yeah. you know, um, it has the price has gone up a bit for eating out everything. And yeah. there are. Yeah, really. The, you know, it the times they are changing, you know, the mm-hmm. covid thing shut everything down for a while. And now that people are you know getting back out there, um, we're finding out that a lot of people won't come back from unemployment yeah uh, they won't work those jobs anymore and so it, everything's uh, going up and the reality is when you see the world's most expensive burger mm. sells for nearly six thousand dollars mark yeah, yeah i'm thinking you and i are in the wrong business buddy <laughs> yeah. yeah and um making an expensive burger like that is actually quite a challenge at least that's what the creator says restaurateur robert janderveen was uh, ironically inspired by the needy to create the priciest burger in history. He said, I was feeling bad seeing the sufferings of the masses and the dismal situation of the restaurant industry. Um, Therefore, I decided to create the world's most expensive burger and donate the entire income to charity to do good for the society. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, this guy is the owner of the Dutch restaurant. De Dalton's. He said, uh, Robert, Wilmies, Willem, no, Willems. <laughs> Robert Willems. Uh, okay. so he's the chairman of the Royal Dutch Food and Beverage Association. He paid for it five thousand nine hundred and sixty-four bucks for a burger. <laughs> right. The ingredients complement each other very well, and the flavors are intense. <laughs> he said. Um, this is six thousand. Yeah. All right, Mister. That's Vita, just funny. It is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, you know, I, I was looking up. You know, like, how, how much does beef really cost if you and I were going to buy a cow? Okay. Hmm. You know, for butchering, you know, for chopping up. Okay. And, uh, you know, you, you can go online and find everything. Just like, you know what? When we were talking about a house in Auckland, outside of Auckland, New Zealand, right. we were able to go on the air and in 30 seconds, we're looking at the house, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, same thing is true with, with cow. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I looked up how, how much could, would a whole cow cost right. if we were getting it butchered up, right? Hmm. All right, about 400 pounds. That's about what you're looking at, okay? Um, and this is, here's some of the details, what you would get. Filet mignon tenderloin, mm-hmm. about eight pounds of that. Wow. Sirloin steaks, anywhere from 16 to 32 pounds. Mm. 
ribeye or New York steaks, 40 pounds. Short mm. ribs or, you know, I don't know what, Oso Bucko. You or I'm probably mispronouncing it, but anyway, another 16 to 32 pounds. And then you got all your different roasts, you know, like the brisket, right. rump, London broil, yeah. chuck roast, cross rib roast, shoulder clawed. What is shoulder clawed? I have no idea. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know if that was something that they named after Jean-Claude, you know, <laughs> and because somebody ate it and went, anyway, we got about, you know, 30 to 40 pounds of that, of roast stuff, and then other steaks, you know, the petite tender, mm-hmm. the eye of round, mm-hmm. flank, flat iron, blah, 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 right, 40 right. to 80 pounds of that. Ground beef, okay, ground beef, we're talking hamburger patties, what they call stew meat, which, no, don't do that with ground beef. No. Um, and, you know, ground beef is the most common, you know, and you can do other things, you know, to get your hamburger meat. But this is just they're laying it out there as their game plan. So on a 400 pound cow thing, you've got 200 pounds of hamburger meat. Wow. Um, all of this. OK, the cost. Now, we were looking at what, five, almost six grand for the uh, hamburger patty, right? The burger mm-hmm. for five thousand nine hundred and sixty four dollars. Yeah. You could buy this 400 pounds for three thousand five hundred ninety nine dollars. Wow. Thirty six hundred bucks. Thirty six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Hang so on. there you go. I gotta look up freezers. Hold on. <laughs> this is why people will split these. Now mm-hmm. I think that's probably high. So I imagine, you know, one of y'all knows the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker and can probably cut us a much better deal, you know. <laughs> hey, but still we're gonna need freezers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there are several different places that you can go, you know, to, to yeah, do yeah. this thing. And anyway, just I I hadn't looked at that, and I thought, that's pretty cool. And, of course, you you got them, you know, the opportunities, like an eighth of a cow. Yeah. One-eighth yeah. for 549 bucks. Holy moly. Yeah. I, Jane and I were, uh, we were grocery shopping uh, a few weeks ago, and I think I told you about this. We were uh, at a big uh, at a big warehouse club you know, picking a handful of things up, passed by the meat section and stopped Mm -hmm. and looked at the steaks. Right. Package, two ribeye steaks, Mm -hmm. right? 40 bucks. Yep. I'm just like, (gasps) yeah, pick me up, please. It used to be when you would go to a like that and you would see me like, you know, well, if we go out to dinner, let's just say it's going to be 65, 70 bucks for Mm -hmm. the both of us to Mm -hmm. have everything. And and that's okay. It's a date night. It's a nice dinner. Yes. And we don't have to clean up afterwards. Right. Somebody when you're looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. But you're talking 80 bucks to both have a steak and you got to do all the cleaning. And that's just the meat. You still got potatoes and everything else. Oh, yeah. You know, that's no. No. I I think. No. No, I think you're in the wrong. If, if that's would, the best deal you've got on steak, you're in the wrong store, man. I would like to introduce you to Hamburger Helper. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, some of the things that happen off the air, you know, they're they're not like inappropriate, but, no, just, no, it, no. It, but our wives would leave us and, you know, because, well, you can't have that honest discussion out in public. Sometimes, Actually, me- sometimes memory lane has a lot of potholes in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Hey, Mark, there's a, a, a story that you sent. Um, and I looked at it last night. There's a lawsuit that claims a video game mm-hmm. uh, giant Sega rigged oh, yeah. one of its arcade machines. And I got to tell you the other day we're, uh, Hannah, bless her heart. You know, I'm not a video game guy, even though I did grow up in that era. I just, it wasn't my thing. And yet 
there have over the years a couple of games I've played. Like I did play Mario the Donkey Kong, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah, you yeah. know, I, I like that. Yeah. Um and I, I like Mario Kart. Oh Mario, Mario Kart's a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, it is. It is. And you can play it, you know, on different levels. And so um she went and she surprised me by bringing home uh, the little steering wheel pack so that Braylon and I can oh. both have our own steering wheels and <laughs> very, very cool. That's nice. And I, yeah, it really is. My problem, Mark, is the Nintendo Switch, uh, which is a really cool gaming thing, okay? Yeah. It, I don't know how much it costs, but it's worth it. It is that cool. Mm. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen and, it. And we've got a couple different gaming systems just because Hannah and uh, Tyler, uh, they both had their preferences, you know, and they had the game's growing up well anyway the long story longer is that um when braylon wanted to play with me the other day and you know hannah was at work or whatever and ladonna's at work and it's just me and him and i'm good with that you know play we'll go out and play golf we'll play ball we'll swim whatever but it was raining and he wanted to play his video game okay and i'm like great well let's play mario kart <laughs> mark i couldn't figure out how to turn the thing on <laughs> i'm like i i'm not kidding i'm like well, what do we do? It used to have an on-off button, and you had these controllers <laughs> with wires. Now everything's wireless, and uh-huh. I'm not kidding. I was like, I'll give him ice cream. I'm stalling, dude. I'm like, here, uh, you know. The internet is your friend, dude. Oh, Mark. <laughs> it was horrible because he has, he has. Yeah. You, do you think I'm impatient? <laughs> think about it. Think about a six-year-old version of me, uh-huh. okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm just throwing that out there that, I, that I, yes, I did figure out how to turn it on. And I've seen the, the switch, and we uh, we were over at uh, Deborah's, at niece Deborah's house yeah. uh, for the Christmas holidays, and Laura and her hubby and their right. kids came, and the, the boys had, they'd gotten a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and they hooked it up to the big TV hanging on the wall in Deborah's uh, living room yeah. and started playing. And I sat there back in the corner in the recliner, sipping my, my hot beverage, thinking, I got to have one of these. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I've got to. Yep. And I <laughs> tell Jane, hey, I want one of these. And she looks mm-hmm. at me and says, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. that, that transcends every year. I want one of those. Yeah. And then I looked at the price and changed my mind. You know. But no, Mark, there are certain things that are worth the money, you know, and that is one of, yes, that's I'm one gonna of try, them. I'm going to try that yeah. one on Jane. Yo, well, this is worth the money, baby. It's, it's, it's Look, worth Jane, it. Dave said it was either get this or the Bradley GT kit. That's all we got. One or the other. Which one do you want? Okay, there we so, go. So Anyway, there's a class action lawsuit now yeah. against Sega. Would you consider this uh, tech news? Sure. You would? Okay, well, good. Yes, we have an intro for tech news. A class action lawsuit has alleged that entertainment behemoth Sega rigged one of its arcade games called Keymaster so that it can only be won after a certain number (laughs) of players. Yes. Ghostbusters. (laughs) After a certain number of players have lost. The lawsuit, which was filed Monday in California, said the game was systematically marketed and sold with images and advertising which indicate the machines are games of pure skill, when in reality, the machine are rigged and are designed to prevent even highly skilled users from being able to win until a set number of unsuccessful plays have been completed. The plaintiff, Marcelo Muto, is suing the company for $5 million. 
<laughs> Here's from the lawsuit. Plaintiff and other consumers would not have otherwise paid money to play the Keymaster machine or paid others to play or would have would not have paid as much had they known that the machines were not purely based on skill and instead were programmed to allow the operator of the machine to undermine the player's skills by preventing the key from entering the lock. Uh, in the game, it's found in arcades and malls all over the U.S. Players use a joystick and a button system to maneuver a key into a specific hole. Winners are reward, rewarded with prizes like earbuds and video games. If a player were to get the key into the correct position to win, but but it's not at the predetermined time, the machine will overshoot. It'll cause you to lose, according to the suit. Each machine, the law says, the lawsuit says, can be programmed to only allow a win after a certain number of losses. <laughs> wow. The machines are set to allow one win after 700 losses by default. Wow. The machine has hit legal snags in the past. This week's <laughs> lawsuit noted. In 2019, Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich found that the Keymaster machines were gamified. <laughs> I like, did they make that worm a game? Uh, they did. They <laughs> made it up, dude. Yes, Just, they did. We need a word right here. Hey, ca call James Brown's widow and see if we can come up with something. Hey! <laughs> they settled with the company that distributed them in Arizona for a million dollars. Ah. Under Arizona law, outside of casinos, it's illegal for gaming machines to have settings that permit an operator to alter the odds of participants winning the game. Mark, pay very close attention to that. Under Arizona law, uh -huh. outside of casinos, yes. it is illegal for gaming machines to mm -hmm. have settings that permit an operator to uh -huh. alter the odds. Yep. So, uh, but if it's casino, fine. You know, oh, yeah, doesn't sure. matter. Yeah, yeah. right. That's how crooked politicians are right there. Look at every, I'm not kidding, every gambling law. Think let's, about that for a minute. Let's have a look at the donations yep. and where they're coming from. Every gambling law in America mm. today favors the casinos, favors yeah. that, and it's wrong. Yeah, and it so is. I am not in favor or against this particular suit with regard to Sega. Don't right, care. Yeah. No. What got me, though, was that this statement, you know, about the law. It just tells you everything right there that is just freaky. Now, if people are betting on Sega, you know, or mm, against it, then yeah. that's something. All right. Well, I'm so. wondering if this lawsuit could also be applied towards the claw machine down at the, uh, you know, down at the <laughs> thing, because I've, I've dumped a lot of money into that. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, and another beautiful day in the neighborhood, regardless of what the weather is like we're yeah. up we're breathing we have another chance to make good on today <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> it's just one of them things you get to do but carry um, your umbrella mark there <laughs> yeah every now and again you know you're laying there and the alarm hasn't gone off yet mm. but you know it's getting ready to and yeah I sit there and go should i get up or should <laughs> i just lay here and then all of a sudden little things start creeping into your head mm -hmm. and one of those things occasionally is in 1972 i checked out a book from the library <laughs> Did I return that thing? I just, I, 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 I don't remember. This goes and next through thing your you know, mind? <laughs> yes, it actually does. Uh, only because, you know, you sent a story yesterday, book mm -hmm. returned to library, mm -hmm. yes. 300 years overdue. That's a bit extreme. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> recently returned a book to a British cathedral library. Officials say they believe was checked out more than 300 years ago. Of course, it had to be in England because that couldn't have happened here. 
We didn't have any libraries then, you know. Um, The book, a 1704 edition of The Faith and Practice of a Church of England Man, that's the title, originally written back in 1688, arrived via mail at Sheffield Cathedral last week with a note. I told you the mail service just really blows, man. (laughs) I'd blame it on them. With a note enclosed explaining that it came from a woman in Wales who found it among her her godmother's belongings after she died. How old was her godmother? <laughs> I'm thinking this. Yeah. I was actually thinking, dude, we've got really a Guinness Book of World Records story yes, here. We you know? do. In the godmother's will was the bequest that it should return to the Sheffield Cathedral. The cathedral's vice dean and canon missioner Keith Farrow says, he says inside it actually, it's actually dated 1709. And it's very beautifully written. It says this book belongs to ye lending library at Sheffield Church. <laughs> Um, he adds, <laughs> noting that the library was dismantled in the 1800s. So this has obviously been taken out of the lending library and not returned. Gee, thanks, Catherine, obvious. <laughs> While um, Pharaoh equipped that the fine on a book three centuries overdue would probably finance a new roof for the 800-year-old cathedral. He, yeah, doesn't, he doesn't intend to charge the family a fee. He says they've, in, wow. they've returned the book, and that's wonderful. It's a joy to have this little jewel back here in Sheffield Cathedral. He says. Because they never knew it was missing to start with. Pretty much. Have you noticed also we've had, uh, I don't know, two or three, <laughs> two or three return library books, old mm-hmm. book stories, and all of them, they all say, oh, we're not going to charge them a fee. <laughs> and I'm thinking if it had been a month, they'd be on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. right? But because it's in the news, oh, no, no, we're not going <laughs> to. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and a lot of great music lined up for today i was kind of looking over that list going man who did this oh i did (laughs) it just i thought actually the computer did i just take credit for it mark i I meant to tell you this earlier but you know getting up early like we do i prep my coffee the night before Mm. and Ladonna and i both we we do coffee different you know i drink it by the pot she drinks it by the cup right and so we have the Keurig for her. We got the pot for Dave. Mm. And then Keurig for me in the afternoon. Right. But I I don't know what I did, but, you know, for the last couple of weeks, I told you, I've got to buy a new pot, right? Because mm-hmm. it's leaking and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just too cheap. And anyway, so I don't know what I did, okay? But I got up this morning. I turn the thing on. I do my routine. I go in to get it. And it looks like really light tea, Okay, it's oh, not no. like, oh. it doesn't even look like coffee. Right. And I realized, I think I just ran, you know, my first thought was, well, you know what? POW camp during World War II, that, you know. <laughs> you ran yesterday's grounds, didn't you? I, yes, I did. And, but that was my first thought, Mark. Yeah. Dave, you can drink this. They did. I'm like, but oh, I don't, oh, I'm not oh. in a Nazi prison camp, man. It's not 1943. Come yeah. on. Oh, I can make a fresh pot. And so, you know, I mean, but that was... Is that messed up? Is that I watch way too many documentaries that that was my first thought? Hey, it's not that bad. I don't know. I remember uh, when Jane and I were dating. Um, wow. I'd be over at her at her folks house. We'd be sitting around the kitchen table carrying on conversation. Hey, you want some coffee? I'll make mm-hmm. some more. And and Jane's mom would go over and grab the Mr. You know, the thing out of yeah. the Mr. Coffee and there would oh, be yeah. grounds in it. Right. And she would just sprinkle some more on top of it oh, and put it back no. in again. Yes. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yes. And I thought, well, that's <laughs> no, disgusting. No, but no. but bite your lip and be be you know be polite. Wow. You know. 
And uh, oh. so when y'all got married, did you explain to her how you make coffee? And that ain't it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, I just know that at some point along the line, I now have a I now have a mm. bun commercial coffee maker. I've got a KitchenAid coffee grinder. I've got, you know, <laughs> I became a coffee snob. Yes, you point. did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and see, but I don't I'm, buy the expensive coffee anymore. I used to do that, but I'm a I'm kind of against spending fifteen dollars a pound for coffee. You know that the guy with the crazy eyebrows that was on 60 minutes andy rooney remember him okay he used to do a bit about coffee you gotta drink your coffee black you know why if you get sugar and cream and you don't always have a chance at a good cup of coffee just get it black that way no matter what you always have a cup of coffee you can drink really? that was kind of the attitude i had this morning but that coffee looked like it had been stirred by a guy with really long eyebrows man that was nasty i just liferadio.fm it is the mark and max show mark when when we have television shows here in the united states um oftentimes they originated somewhere else you know right um i think of sanford and son in the 70s actually it was step step, step to and son in step great britain step to step to and son yeah. that's what yeah. it was um but anyway and the fact nowadays, that i know that says a lot <laughs> yeah i just remember i didn't like it because it was the ratings for sanford and son that damaged the brady bunch and i thought well they ripped off step to and son. there you go my goodness you know but anyway Whenever I, whenever I see a show that's in a different part of the world, you know, I just kind of wonder, do they do this? Do they get treated like celebrities? I mean, like in, in India, where it's a big thing to be a Guinness Book of World Records holder, you know? Yeah. Is it like that? Like on, um, I don't know, game shows, um, you know, do, do they become celebrities in these other parts of the world? I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know. Since I, mean, I don't like, live there, I don't know either. Well, that's why I figured you did because you you just have so many connections oh, around yeah, the world. Thanks. I thought Thank you, you did so know. Much. Okay. No, I wish I did know. But okay. well, like, it's like this story that we've yeah. got here. I, I don't know who these people are. I've never heard okay. of this show. I All right. Well, that know. was kind of what I was after. I didn't know. Is this something I missed or, you know? Okay. No. So you don't know and I don't know. We're yeah. good. But then again, right. we're in good company because not a lot of people knew about it because the show ended up getting canceled. What, okay. what if you could start all over again? Would you? That's the question uh-huh. that launched this 2016 series. It's a reality TV show called Eden. Um, hmm. For all the reality TV show fans, it's kind of like American Survivor, uh, the Survivor show, minus the hidden yeah. immunity idols, the luxurious rewards. And the fact that the season came to a close once the sole survivor was crowned right. for the contestants on the show, Eden, the end wasn't nearly as clear. Okay. 23 of Britain's most daring individuals accepted the challenge of rebuilding society from scratch, free from technology, modern tools and the outside oh, world. No phones, no lights, no motor cars. That's right. Not a single luxury. <laughs> That's right. It's Robinson Mark. Caruso. <laughs> as primitive as can be. <laughs> they no contact and had no contact with the outside world for an entire year. That was the plan. The program premiered on Britain's Channel 4, the BBC 4, in July 2016. Producers told contestants they'd spend the next year isolated in a remote 600-acre estate in the Western Highlands of Scotland. During their time in isolation, contestants built shelter, hunted for food, and created their own laws. However, Hmm. shortly after starting this grand social experiment, or as some would call it, epic reality TV, Mm -hmm. competitiveness and uh, what they call sexual jealousy 
caused an evident divide amongst the group. Many <laughs> participants felt it was in their best interest to just, to just leave early. <laughs> As a result, the number of contestants started to dwindle more rapidly, going from 23 to 10 in a matter of the year. Only okay. when it was time for the final 10 to reemerge into civilization from their 600-acre estate did they learn that the show was shelved after episode four. Oh my, no, no, no. <laughs> Those four episodes covered filming from the months of March, April, and May and aired from July to August. At that point, viewership had plummeted by more than half, decreasing from 1.7 million to 800,000 in just a month following the premiere. <laughs> That's like the network CNN. <laughs> uh, that's when the producers called it quits. Rightfully so, although the cast certainly missed the memo. Not only did contestants find out about the cancellation of their show and the lack of interest from viewers, but they also found out things like Brexit and the result uh, of the 2016 U.S. presidential election. <laughs> so they canceled this thing after three months, but allowed these 10 people to go for 12 months. Yes. Wow, I that's cool. I mean, that's just because don't you know, don't you know, there is a massive lawsuit, at least one. Mark, I'm thinking, yeah, this sounds like a show, you know, that I I don't have a problem with it. I, I actually think it turned this into a documentary movie or something. I mean, dude, I mean, you know, one thing that bothers me, just the reality television show Survivor. Mm hmm. I never, ever, ever understood how people would bother to watch something yeah. that creates something ancient and mystical that they just now created. Mm. You know, yeah. they create the tribal get together and oh, whatever. Yeah. All that drama. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. But if you really want to do Survivor, mm. do it the Dave way. Uh oh. I'm talking, you get an area out in the Tennessee woods, okay? And you mark it a hundred miles square, you know, and you, 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 I'm with lasers, with, uh, you know, cameras everywhere. You could have these people locked in. You give them a compass and you have markers out there, you, you know, where you, you know, that's how they, you know, how they go out and mark trees when they're going to cut them down. They put an orange on them. Yeah. Yeah. Do that all throughout the woods, mark off this area. And if you get to this point, turn around, you've got your, if you take one more step, you're outside right. and you're now out of the game. Right. Yeah. And Here's no contact. They don't get a double up. You know, none of that garbage. No, you don't have to do a game to see who gets to stay. You just got to survive, man. Right. Yeah. You've got to get out here. We're going to give you an egg, a match, and a knife. Here you go. It's the order of the arrow. Now, who can survive? You want to talk survivor. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, they would, you know, you could have it set up so you got cameras all over the place. You could constantly, you could be in contact. You could load jack them for this, you know, the little thing with the RFID tracking chip. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Have each of the contestants so they know where they are the whole time. Yeah, and they yeah. could have, like, they could have something on their person, you know, that in case of an emergency, if, you know, they could, if they want out, they push the button and yeah, help. Yeah. I've fallen and I can't get up. Help is there. Right. You've, you know, with drone technology and everything else, mm. dude, you could survey each one of them. You could have teams of producers yeah. watching them from the air, just tracking. Hey, I'm following today. You're following Mark. You're mm. following Jill. You're following Fred. Right. And yeah. the, you know, the teams keep up with them and yep. see who can survive. You give them a 12 month thing. And at the end of 12 months, if, if they still more than one person and people are still watching it. Boom, you keep going. Mm, okay. Mark, I see that to me I, would be survivor. I think this is workable. 
And I think if you add uh, the world's largest moat and live crocodiles, I'm in. Well, if we just hired the grandson of Mr. Kincaid, because he was the guy that went out onto the island and hunted Gilligan, you know? LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show. I do think we ought to include a, a channel on here, Mark, on the main web page for uh, liferadio.fm mm-hmm. and create our own survivor show <laughs> i'm not kidding man you know camera's pretty cheap and we just said that we could have volunteers y'all could volunteer and say i want to be in it the prize will be fame and fortune that mm-hmm. you collect outside of the show not yeah. from us and we would go ahead and track you you know we'd follow you around out in the woods anytime you come in and the goal is anytime you come in contact with human beings you have to run the opposite way kind of like bigfoot okay <laughs> And if you find Bigfoot or Nessie or anything else while you're out in the wilderness doing your thing, mm-hmm. you know, we'll give you credit for it after we've milked that cow That's for a right. year. We get all the commercial See, availabilities for it. Yeah. Though. yeah. Then once it's worn out, we'll pull you out of the woods. Right. I mean, I'm saying this could work, dude. I really believe it can. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, told, you know what? I told you during Mark, the music, if these guys, these producers of this show called Eden had just watched Biodome, yeah. <laughs> they would have known how this was going to turn out. <laughs> The thing is, is Mark, you you do watch some British TV shows, well, and I because I, I know yeah. you'll talk about these um, the gearhead shows, you know, the mm-hmm. car stuff, yeah. and they're British or whatever, yeah, and, yeah a couple, you of know, them it, that you make them sound more interesting than they are. Because once you get past the accent of these guys, it's like, no, I I just don't care about yeah. that metric socket set you have, dude. Yeah, you know. Well, there was one of them uh, uh, called Top Gear, which was at one. Does anybody time- on Top Gear have a mullet? That's what um, I want to know. I don't think so. But at one time, they it call was him a moulet, right? the, must, the most popular TV show in the world at one point. Yeah. Uh, it was Top Gear? Yes. and uh, Really? And and they, they did an American version, which was really sad compared to the British version. And then eventually it... it it spawned the, it spawned the international the American version the almost Amer- top gear no it was still called top gear but it was three american guys and they just didn't oh. have the chemistry that these other guys in the british okay. the original version had and they did a lot of the same scenarios they just ran them through right. the same kind of junk that the british version did it's just these three guys on the british version just because of their sensibility and their relationships right. and such there was a certain chemistry there that just kind of clicked and everything got really funny with them now see mark i can understand yeah. you know recasting and redoing a show where the people are from you know mm-hmm. i don't know ukraine or you know what where they're right, french yeah. where they don't speak english but right. you're talking about british people who actually yeah. do speak english i mean and, well there was an australian version a new zealand that? version there was you know they they had hmm. different versions it eventually spawned international yeah. versions of the show well yeah if it's the number one show in the world i would yeah. guess it does but yeah well one of the hosts okay. is a guy named richard hammond <clears throat> and right. uh he he loves morgan automobiles and morgans are made morgans are handmade automobiles the chassis are they're literally made of wood the, well, the oh yes. i was gonna make a joke about that but for real yeah. they're made yeah. out of wood they really they are the the chassis the frames every the, a lot of it is made out of wood and 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 then they have it's like a, little rascals going yeah. downhill man yeah but but they're classic motor looking motor cars and they're very expensive well back while they were shooting top gear and, and richard hammond was part of it he bought a morgan uh called the aeromax it's a 2008 car called the aeromax and he talked about it on the show he later sold it and then he talked about how much he regretted selling it he loved the car so much um morgan only made a hundred of these and it so that's a very rare car and now the guy that richard hammond sold it to wants the car turned into a coffin 
His name is <laughs> Philip Allen. He said he plans to be buried in this car when the time comes. And in order to do this, this wealthy entrepreneur is going to need to fork out around um, 75,000 pounds. That's a little over $100,000 for the changes necessary to the car. I'm guessing. Yeah. See, I just figured the guy's wife finally found out how much he spent on the car. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> In fact, he's dead in it right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, the guy says, look, I don't take myself too seriously. I'm here for fun times and I love this car so much. I've already made plans to get buried in it. The plan is this. The car will be pushed into a 20 foot container, which I've already purchased and put on jack stands because I don't want the tires to go flat. The container will be welded up so that it's air and water tight. We dig a hole and bury it and put a concrete slab over the top and seal it off. Wow. Yeah, I'll be partly mummified and dressed in my crocodile skin jacket, pants and boots. One hand on the steering wheel, the other holding a cigar and a smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as soon as this uh, newness of this thing die, you know, <laughs> picking a shovel, dude. <laughs> His, uh, his wife, the widow, is thinking, how much is that Morgan worth? Let's mm-hmm. dig that he's thing dead. up. <laughs> Dude, he's dead. He doesn't know. <laughs> she, no, she said, he'll never make it. He may, She may have him put into the container, but that Morgan ain't going in there. <laughs> no. He wants to be buried in a wooden car. Put wheels on that casket. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and a couple quick reminders uh, the main website liferadio.fm if you'll check it out we have the daily bible study on there and and a whole lot of other stuff plus you can sign up for the uh, newsletter you know you were mentioning that earlier and i just kind of blew right past it but uh, mark put some pretty cool stuff on there and you know you won't catch it any other way it's so exclusive that if you don't have a mullet or you haven't had one, you you need to go ahead and get it so you can be involved in our daily our newsletter. Just <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really hung up on Top Gear from a couple of minutes ago because really? I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking first of all, Mark, how come a wooden car costs <laughs> so much money because they only make a few of them by hand? Yeah, well, it's made out of wood. Can yeah. you drive it? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you even mentioned, look, I'm not really interested in spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on something that can be disabled by a termite. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what are the airbags made out of, Mark? You take, I mean, it, take it to the shop. I don't know what's wrong with it. I, I don't know. Well, call an exterminator. Because... Well, look, Mr. Flintstone, <laughs> did you check your feet? You know, maybe you got a nail in one of them. I mean, that's the last time you have a wood. The only time you have a wooden car is when you're 10 and you're building something to make your little brother go in downhill with no brakes, you know? Oh, yeah. That's where you nail the brake into the side and it's a little stick that goes against you know, the dirt, the ground. I mean, that that's what you're talking about here. Listen, Mr. Bradley GT. Um, hey, it was made out of fiberglass and pound for pound as strong as steel. Okay? Oh, okay, fine. Yes. And, <laughs> and you what, know, your and head w- does pop up like you do look like Dino at the end of the Flintstones opening, you know? <laughs> he, Which is how I look at my Miata all the out. time. Yes. Yeah. But- <laughs> uh, there you go. So, you know, but the Bradley GT, uh, you know, there. look, there were a few more Bradley GTs made, you know, than Morgan. The difference is there are more Morgans on the road than GTs because, and well, they're And they're all worth more than $1,200. So. They're made out of wood, you know, and there you go. Handcrafted. You don't uh, find a guy named Bubba driving your Morgan. No, sure. no, you don't. Usually. But you do have a man who's nicknamed Bubba that uh-huh. stole a gator from uh, a, a mini golf course. Uh-huh, he did. And authorities arrested Mr. Bubba, 
<laughs> he's oh, a Florida man. <laughs> it's a Florida man story. And Bubba has allegedly stolen an alligator from a mini golf course and repeatedly tried to throw it up on the roof of a building. William <laughs> Bubba Hodge allegedly stole the alligator from a Congo River golf course enclosure in daytona beach early friday then repeatedly attempted to throw the animal onto the mets lounge roof in order to quote teach it a lesson end quote was all right so this gator's a lot yes yes and well, why, Bubba, the, why was there a gator at a dagon putt golf course i don't know he might have been part of the uh, of the of the decorations or the, you know, the, yeah. the theming of the uh, golf course in a pond. Did they have him pen. chained up or was he just hanging out? I, I mean, I don't, well, okay. It's Florida. Gators live everywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he could have just that. been there, you know, yeah. well, okay. while holding it by the tail, 32 year old, 32 year old Bubba allegedly mm-hmm. slammed the reptile against the ground and an awning, then dropped mm-hmm. the gator and stomped on it a couple of times. He admitted to jumping over the enclosure's fence, so it wasn't an enclosure, where he wrestled the gator before managing to steal it. Bubba is currently residing in the Volusia County Jail on charges of animal cruelty, alligator poaching, burglary of an unoccupied dwelling, criminal mischief, and first-degree petty theft, according to his jail records. His bond is set at $4,500. Wow. Uh, While in custody? Bubba attempted to flood the cell by clogging the toilet with balls of toilet paper. Well, there you go. He allegedly threatened to flood the whole prison when confronted by the police. (laughs) Police returned Mm -hmm. the gator to its home in the aftermath of the arrest. um, And uh, it's expected to survive from its unidentified Mm -hmm. injuries. But uh, wow. Bubba, I don't think Bubba can survive the cafeteria. (laughs) He's in trouble, man. I think Bubba's going to have some issues in jail. I'm just thinking so. He, <laughs> you realize, Mark, when you're in jail, not okay. When you're in jail and you clog up the toilet, it messes with other people down the line. You know, it yes, doesn't it just does. mess with your toilet. That's, that's why that's when right. you have, you know, when, when your roommate, when your celly is nicknamed Bubba the third and he's a big old boy, you got trouble. Okay. Trouble right here in river city. <laughs> and that's a, it's a nasty river. I'm too. thinking ooh. seriously about Mr. Hodges. Uh, needs to change his name from Bubba, you know, and just, as a LaDonna would say, check him into the fifth floor, you know, at the hospital, because yeah, this guy needs help. He's giving Bubba's a bad name. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And <laughs> Mark, <What>? we've had, <laughs> well, we've had a couple of Detroit or Michigan stories okay, yes. today. And, yes. and I saw this one. I thought when we were poking fun earlier you know about michigan is like turned out to be a really neat little city or community you yeah. know right there on lake michigan that we're right. talking about yeah so when we start talking i'm i'm a little careful now but now we're talking detroit mm. where a woman tracks down a car thief yeah. who stole her mercedes now can you imagine in the 50s driving a mercedes in detroit no what that must have been like think about it yeah I mean, Motor City and a foreign car. Yeah. No. And you're going to drive a foreign car. There you go. No, not not happening. But this car thief picked the absolute wrong car to steal. It turns out the Mercedes Benz that was stolen in Detroit belonged to a a rather willful and determined young woman by the name of Bianca Chambers. When the car Uh thief stole the car, the brave woman took matters into her own hands and tracked him down. Chambers Mercedes Mercedes Benz sedan. Wow, was, good for her. Was stolen last week, and she immediately shared her frustration 
her frustrating situation on social media. She soon received tips from people online about her stolen vehicle. She said she tracked mm-hmm. the car down on three occasions over three days, but each time the police arrived too late to apprehend the criminal. The brazen car thief even drove the stolen car in the same strip plaza where Chambers owns a boutique. The fourth time that she tracked down her stolen Mercedes, three days after it was stolen, she wasn't going to let the car thief escape. She said, at that point, I was like, I'm not letting this man walk again. The suspect was inside a barbershop. The car was parked outside in the parking lot. Chambers slashed the tires of her own car so that she, he wouldn't be able to flee in it. She said, I refuse to let him pull off again. She then walked into the barbershop, asked a man if he owned the white Mercedes bands in the parking lot. And when he said he did, a um, physical altercation took place. <laughs> viral video which by the way was the 11th most trending video on youtube at the time (laughs) shows the man being dragged on the ground by his hair customers at the barbershop helped miss chambers make a citizen's arrest until the detroit police arrived on the scene Uh uh-oh and she said, I remember the Gomer Pyle episode. (laughs) (laughs) Chambers told WDIV TV, you will never steal from me again. You're going to stop stealing people's cars. (laughs) The unidentified suspect has a history of car thefts dating back to his teenage years, according to uh, the the news station. And Bianca said, you're, you're just the dumbest criminal. That's all you're joyriding in my car. Like nobody was going to see you. And on the bright (laughs) side, her car was clean. Because the thief had had it detailed while he had it. <laughs> I was proud of it, you know. Yeah. She got to buy four new, four new tires, but he ain't stealing it again. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And uh, boy, we appreciate you joining us each and every day. A quick reminder to download the app. Uh, you can get it for just, I cannot think of any thing we don't have regarding an app okay with whatever product you're using we got you covered okay we do um now mark i know that uh, you know i'm an ice cream guy yeah i will eat ice cream for breakfast and the way i justify it is well we put milk and sugar on our other stuff so Mm -hmm. there you go what is ice cream but milk and sugar that's right yeah well now (laughs) now there's a cheesy ice cream there's something wrong with this now i thought bacon was bad remember they did the bacon thing at sonic years ago yes Okay, I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, I don't know if I'm going to dig this, but Mm -hmm. boy, it's salty and sweetie and meaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there is a a, an ice cream company, Van Leeuwen Ice Cream, based in Brooklyn. They've churned out the cheesiness of Kraft macaroni and cheese into their ice cream. They've created the Kraft macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream. Quote: We know that there's nothing more refreshing on a hot summer day than ice cream. (laughs) That is why we wanted to combine two of the most iconic comfort foods to create an ice cream with the unforgettable flavor of Kraft macaroni and cheese (laughs) that we all grew up with. No. (laughs) No. Mark. Yes. As big fans of Van Leeuwen, we knew they'd be the perfect partner to create this ice cream with us. They, uh, the folks at Kraft say, not only does it taste delicious, but it's also made with high quality ingredients and contains no artificial flavors, preservatives, or dyes. Just like our Kraft macaroni and cheese. Unbelievable. No. Mark, 
<laughs> there is something wrong with this. I'm telling you, there there just is. I mean, I like mac and cheese. Put oh, a hot yeah. dog in there, you got a meal. I yeah. got you. Yeah, fried. You know the fried uh, the the macaroni and cheese nuggets. Got mm-hmm. you there. Those, yep. But yep. macaroni and cheese ice cream. I I you know what? I'd have to actually sample it to be able to pass judgment on it. But on first blush, no. I got you one. What? Back in the day, Dolly Madison. Mm-hmm. Okay. The uh, first lady, yeah. wife of James Madison, mm-hmm. she popularized ice cream in a big way in the United States of America by including it in a cookbook. Okay. Do you know what her favorite ice cream flavor was? Pray tell, what would that be? Oyster. Oyster ice cream. She, Dolly Madison, served oyster ice cream ice cream in the white house that's to try to guess that's not how any of this works you've got foreign dignitaries from all over the world and dolly madison says i'm gonna serve you up a specialty of and that's what she served them yep pretty much that's how it went yeah. that's why we had so many problems in our fr- that i think that's why <laughs> i think that is actually why james madison only served one term as president you know <laughs> I'm serious. It's like you got George Washington is your first president, two terms. You'd think James Madison, you know, he's going to serve two terms. Nope. Four years, he was out. Country said, get rid of her. Uh, do- Come on, Dolly. Oyster. Mm. Those state dinners, that's what did him in. All over, man. Oyster ice cream. Yep. So give it a shot. Let me know what you think. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show cruising along singing a song and still wondering mark (laughs) why are cats afraid of cucumbers (laughs) remember last week i told you that braylon would show me this really funny video on youtube and we were just giggling you know because people would take videos of like putting a cucumber behind their cat while their cat was eating or something or you know and the cats just totally lose their cookies Mm -hmm. over this it's weird and i asked you i said is this a real thing or Mm -hmm. are people staging it somehow Yep. I'm placing a cucumber behind a cat when it's eating appears to startle them, causing some cats to leap into the air in fright. Makes for a very funny video. The trend <laughs> the trend has spawned a dedicated subreddit called Cucumbers Scaring Cats, where users have posted videos of them <laughs> testing this trick on their own cats. Jill Goldman, a certified animal behaviorist, told National Geographic the cucumbers were triggering the cat's natural startle reflexes. Quote, with a startle response, a cat will often try to get out of there as quickly as possible and then reassess <laughs> from a distance. In other words, jump as far away as possible and then, <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> but does it work with apples? Uh, I don't know. Uh, with the, um, uh, let's say, the placing cucumbers near where cats eat may confuse cats further because they often associate those areas with safety and security. That's what Pam mm-hmm. Johnson Bennett, the author of Think Like a Cat, also said. <laughs> I'm a little concerned that anybody wants to think like a cat. Oh, Ms. Goldman man. said it's possible also the cats may associate the cucumber with snakes, which can be deadly predators. She says mm-hmm. if you cause stress to an animal, that's probably not a good thing. 
Okay, now we are down to it. The, 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 if you do this, you could go to jail. There you go. <laughs> Scare your cat with a cucumber. We're locking you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. Scare your just, cat with a cucumber. Does a banana work? You know, is it, the, is it the green color? Is it the size and shape? What is is Will a pickle do the job? A big pickle. Okay. I, I would suggest that since you are so curious about this, that you set up the camera and conduct experiments. Oh, I'm not nearly that. I, no, I'm asking. Oh, it's just too much work. Huh? Is that it's it? work? Period. I don't care how much. It's just, hey, just no. Okay, here's the thing. You don't probably don't have to do the work. All you have to do is a YouTube search, and you'll find every last bit of it. <laughs> yeah, I just want somebody to send me the info. I really don't want to look. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.